we are going to be wrapping up our series entitled Habits of a Healthy Heart. And today, we're going to talk about the idea of being steadfast, or you could say the word faithful, or if you wanted to make it real modern, it's just like, just don't quit. You got to stay with it. Um, there's this idea in this principle, and I've said it for years and years, and I've watched it play out, but it's this idea that being faithful in the little things is a big thing. Being faithful in the little things is a big thing. We actually see this philosophy and idea in the context of scripture in many different ways. One example would be actually in Matthew 17, verse 20, where Jesus says, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here or there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. The concept that something as small as the faith of a mustard seed could move a mountain. But I'm here to tell you today, this principle and the idea of little bitty things over the context of time make a big difference. I'll give you some examples. That one workout that you just dread every day, if you stick with it and you're faithful to do it, that little workout, next thing you know, could become a beach body. You know what I'm talking about? That repeated relational attempt with someone, that phone call, that text that you keep reaching out may blossom into a beautiful friendship. That savings of a dollar a day and eventually could become a safety net of savings for you. Or finishing that class. You finish another class and another class. The next thing you know, it becomes a degree, which becomes a career path for you. Being faithful in the little things is a really, really big thing. But I want to stop before we get into this today and acknowledge that it can be difficult when you're in the race. You know what I mean? And quite honestly, a lot of times you just want to quit. You just want to give up. I've had enough of it. I'm done. Started my gym membership at January 1st. Now it's February and I'm done. I've had enough. I've walked by the sweet table one too many times. Don't quit. You're giving up on that relationship. Don't. Reach out one more time. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe it's, you know what? You're done saving. You're like, I've been saving long enough, and it's prime time. And I'm not talking about Dion. I'm talking about prime, and you're going to be going clickety, click, 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 and getting stuff in a day and a half. Just keep saving. Maybe for you, it's the idea of, I'm going to give up on my marriage. And I've seen it way too many times. People just give up on their marriage. And if that's you today, let me give you some advice my dad gave me 28 years ago before I got married. I was 21 years old at the time. And I'm running around here, nervous as all get out in the hot Texas heat, go walking back and forth like, dad, I don't know. And I mean, I don't know if I should do it or should I not? I don't know if I could afford it. And I don't know. And then I don't know. And finally, my dad who was a steel mill worker and a certified millwright growing up, a big fella, 6'6", six, six, and none of your business. And he, he just got up from under the car and he just looked back at me. He's like, son, do you love the girl? And I'm like, well, well, yeah, of course I love her. And he goes, well, do you like her? And I go, well, yeah, of course I like her. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And he goes, son, because some days you ain't gonna love her and you butter like her, and some days you ain't gonna like her and you butter love her. <laughs> In other words, you can't give up. You can't quit. You got to stick with it. These faithful actions that we take, these faithful little drops over time make a tremendous difference. 
Being faithful in the little things is a really big thing. You look at Life Church today, and people herald the generosity of Life Church, whether it be through the YouVersion Bible app on over, and the YouVersion Bible app family on over a, a half a billion devices, whether that be giving away our resources to many, many churches and impacting millions of people. Because I'm here to tell you, that heart of generosity has been around for a minute, okay? Back in, uh, this is 24 years ago, okay? Pastor Craig and his wife, Amy, they wanted to treat my wife, Jamie, and I to a night out. And so they took us out to this little bitty Victorian town north of Oklahoma City called Guthrie. It's known for its bed and breakfast. And so they take us up there. And Pastor Craig decided to pay for all of it. And so when we went to dinner and I found out he's paying, I got hungrier. And so I ate real good on Pastor Craig's dime. No kidding. And then he ordered up a carriage ride for us. And I ain't had a carriage ride since prom. So it was all good. I was loving it. It drops us off at this little cute boutique, little bed and breakfast. And I'm like, well, this is a swanky little joint. And we go in and Pastor Craig and Amy, they head towards their room. And my wife, Jamie, and I, we head to our room. And I get in there and I mean, I, I ain't had many nights in a really swanky place. And I go in to use the bathroom and I turn around and there's this heart-shaped bathtub in there, just jacuzzi tub. And I'm like, I mean, do you really, I mean, do couples really take baths? I'm mean, like, but if there's ever a night to try, I'm going to give it a run, baby. And I'm like, we're going to try it. So I was like, I'm going to figure out how to woo my wife to take a bath with me. And so I turn the hot water on and I see this little white bottle next to the tub. And it says bubble bath. And I'm like, well, I ain't had a bubble bath since mama put Mr. Bubble in the tub years ago. I like this. And what's more more romantic than a hot bath, a hot bubble bath. So it said cap full, and so I put a cap full in, but not a lot happened. And I was like, well, it is kind of little. It's like a travel size, so I just dumped the whole thing in. And now we're going somewhere. The bubble started coming. To, I'm like, okay, now we're cooking with gas. And so I just turned the little bubble machine thing on. I hadn't messed with jacuzzi tubs. And I go out to start my moves. <laughs> so I'm out there and I'm making my moves on Jamie. And about midway through, she is like, what is that? And I'm like, what is what? And she's like, that. And I turn around and look, and there are bubbles coming from under the bathroom door. I'm like, Dear Jesus, help us all. I go walking in there, I kick the door. There are bubbles everywhere, the whole floor. This bathtub had become like Krakatora, just spewing lava and bubbles all over the place. I was like, are you kidding? I'm running around in my skivvies, scooping bubbles, putting them back in the tub. Let's just say, have you ever tried to get rid of that many bubbles? It's impossible, don't. I think there's still bubbles at that bed and breakfast right now. I couldn't get rid of them. I'm dumping them all in. It was absolutely horrible. Needless to say, there was no bath that night. There was no hot tub. I spent the balance of my night cleaning the room. The next morning, I get down to breakfast and Pastor Craig down there all chipper. He says, well, how was the room? I was like, it's clean. A little bit can go a long way, can it? Just a little bit of faithfulness can go a long way. Luke 16.10 tells us 
that if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. If this idea, if we'll just stick with it, don't give up. Um, I, this is my 25th year actually on the team. I've been on the team for 25 years now. And when you cross a, a anniversary, whether it be at work or in your marriage, it makes you become real reflective and thoughtful. And I, in that context, I was wondering, does, does faithfulness compound? Like, does, it, does it matter? Like over the course of time, because you see all the time these people that have been faithful for all this time and I get canceled. And so I was just sitting there and I was like, I don't know. Does it? Does it compound? Does it make a difference? In that time, I met a guy named Kurt. We were at a meeting together and Kurt was, we were getting to know each other and he told me he was headed out to Western Oklahoma and he was going to go out because he said, you know, uh, my parents are celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary and blah, blah, blah. So we're going out. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. Rewind. Kurt, did you just say, did you mean to say you're going out for your parents' 75th birthday? And he said, no, it's their 75th wedding anniversary. And I told him, I said, oh, hold on a second. I'm sorry, I, I can't, I've never known someone who has been married for 75 years. Kurt, they must have loved each other and liked each other quite a bit. Maybe you're like me. When you hear that, you're like, I just want to talk to these people. I'd love to hear. Like, if you're married, you're probably like, how did you put up with him? And if, or how did you put up with her? And how did you do it? And what did you, what was the secret ingredient, right? Does faithfulness compound? And in that moment, when I was contemplating this couple of 75 years, I realized, yes, it does. It matters. And whether it's 75 years of marriage, 25 years of ministry, your first year of college, the first few months of your workout or seven days of sobriety. When you string it together and you're faithful in the little things, it makes a major difference. You just can't quit. And in order to not quit, you've got to have what I call grit. You can't give up. Slap your neighbor and tell him you need some grit in your life. That's right. All of our campuses up in Wichita and Kansas City and Hendersonville, slap your other neighbor and tell them, you need some grit. In fact, your whole row needs grit. We all need grit in our lives, but I'm gonna point out something here on the back wall. Here we got some grit, and I have made this for easy to remember for you in an acrostic form. If you look here, we're gonna go in an acrostic. Why? Because the truth of the matter is, my uh, friend and pastor, mentor, teacher, and Jedi master, Pastor Craig Rochelle, of preaching has told me if you can make it into an acrostic, you get double bonus points. So what we're going to see is the G stands for grace. Okay. You got to have grace. The R is resilience. The I is integrity and the T is teachability. And we're going to run through these real quick for you. Okay. Uh, the G grace. Okay. You need grace for yourself. Why? Because you're going to mess up. And when you mess up, you start thinking you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're not capable and you disqualify yourself. You pull yourself out of the race because you're just not, you don't have what it takes. Others are gonna mess up and you need grace for them. We see in the scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where the Bible says, my grace, God is speaking. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your, in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. Well, I got a question for you. If God says his grace is sufficient for you, why won't you let it be? 
Why are you going to sit there and rip yourself down when God already said it's sufficient? Then let it be sufficient. Let it be sufficient. Don't quit because you're going to make silly mistakes. I made one just back this past Christmas. I was traveling with like six teenagers and a five-year-old. And that was the first mistake. <laughs> the next one was this. It was getting close to dinner time. And my, have you ever seen a, a hungry five-year-old? The answer is no, because they get hangry, not hungry. And it becomes a real problem for everybody. They turn into Tasmanian devils. It's unbelievable. Have you ever seen teenagers hungry? They become a horde of locusts of biblical proportion, eating literally everything in front of them. I was worried my mom would have no food left by the time this happens. So what do I do when I need to solve a meal problem really quick? I go to the Chick-fil-A app. That's what I do. So I pull it up and I say, hey, I'm gonna order Chick-fil-A here. And then a few people wanted Panda Express because there was a Panda Express close by. And I told my, older, my oldest daughter, Grace, she's 22, I'm like, hey, you get on your phone and you order up pandas. You want panda, go over here. You want Chick-fil-A, come to me. And so Grace starts to order. I said, Grace, listen, make sure it's the right restaurant, please. And she's like, okay, is it 0.8 miles away on 287? I said, that's the one. She's like, great. So she orders. I get mine. I run over to Chick-fil-A. It was so cool. They had like a QR code. I just scan it as I'm going through the drive-thru. My wheels of my car, I don't even know if they really stopped. And then this, as I get to the front, this guy hands me my food, my drinks. I think we're just kind of running along. He even told me it was his pleasure to give it to me. It was amazing. I get all done with that. I go over to Panda Express. I go in, I look at the shelves. I'm like, the mobile order shelves, there ain't no order there. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. So I go over to the front and there's this fellow there. His name's Clyde. I knew because it's set on his name right here on his shirt. I said, Clyde, how you doing tonight? He's like, I'm good. How are you, sir? I said, I'm good. I did a mobile order, but there ain't no mobile order. And I got a bunch of hangry teenagers back at the house and we got to help me solve my problem, Clyde. He goes, okay, well, what's your name? I said, Sam Roberts. He's like, hmm. well, I don't see it. I'm like, uh-oh. I said, how about Grace Roberts? She put the order in. Well, no, sir, I don't see Grace Roberts. How about Jamie Roberts? That's my wife. He's like, hmm, no, no Roberts at all. I'm like, oh no, Clyde, this is gonna get ugly if I go back to the house with no panda express. This is gonna be, this is gonna be bad. I, I, I told her I was coming to the right restaurant and he's like, well, okay. He goes, well, I tell you what. He said, um, do you remember the order? And I go, well, Clyde, honestly, I don't because Grace was taking the order and I don't really remember, but I, I, I remember what I want. And he goes, well, great. I'll tell you what, we'll make it right for you. No problem. He goes, this happens honestly quite often because the franchise owner owns a couple. And so she, she probably just put in the wrong restaurant. And I go, okay, that's cool. Well, I'm going to call Grace and ask her where she put it because I told her to put it on the right one. So I dial Grace's number and I'm waiting on it to come. And he goes, well, sir, what was, what was at least your order and then we'll get that started for you and we'll make it right. It's okay. I said, all right, well, I wanted a orange chicken, a teriyaki chicken and some chow mein. Now, when I said this, the people who had started to stack up behind me because I'd been there a minute, I'll just look at me like, and then Clyde's like, and the other lady right here doing things, she looks and it's like the whole West restaurant went silent. Even the cook in the back, like look through that little thing. You're like, what in the world? And at the same time, Grace picks the phone up. She's like, hello. And I'm like, hold on. I'm like, what's up? And Clyde looks right at me and he says, sir, this is Jack in the box. (laughs) 
when something that stupid happens to me, I just make more fun of myself. And I was like, well, by golly, Clyde. And I look at his shirt, and I'm like, it does say Jack in the Box right above your name, don't it? Good Lord. I turned to the mad lady behind me. I was like, you smell that? Not a lick of chow mein in this store. This burgers and fries. I got to go, everybody. And I left. You ever done something stupid? I do all the time. But you have to have grace for yourself. You got to have grace for yourself. And let God's grace be sufficient for you. The R is resilience. You got to have resilience. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary, it says right here, in doing good. How many of us know that it can be weary to do good? It can be wearisome to do good. For at the proper time, that's not my time, it's not your time, but the proper time, what are we going to do? We're going to reap a harvest if we do not give up. You can't give up. I love how uh, Pastor Craig illustrates this many, many times with this story about a donkey that fell into a hole. And uh, some guys walk by and they look down there and they're like, ain't no way we can get this donkey out of this hole and we might as well make it short and sweet for him. We'll just bury him alive. And so they start taking shovels of dirt and they throw it down on this donkey. And this donkey, the dirt would hit the donkey and then he would shake it off and he'd step up, right? And they'd throw some more dirt and he would shake it off and he'd step up. This was the donkey that had the spirit of Taylor Swift on it. He would shake it off and he'd step up. Shake it off and step up. And eventually over time, maybe it wasn't the 10th shovel or the 100th, maybe it was the 1,000th or the 10,000th but he would shake it off. He steps up and eventually over time, that pit got shallower and shallower until the day where he could just walk out of it. But you got to shake it off and you got to step up. You got to stay resilient. And if you'll stay resilient and not become weary in doing good at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. The I stands for integrity. We have said here at Life Church for years that if you have integrity, well, nothing else matters. And if you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. It's about that simple. I, you're smart people. I don't need to go into this for you. You've been told this since you were a little kid. Did you eat the cookie? Tell the truth. Did you eat it? All we have to do is allow our, our yes to be our yes, our no to be our no. To live a life that is consistent no matter who you're talking to and to tell the truth. Because if you have integrity, nothing else matters. And if you don't have it, Nothing else matters. It's that simple. T is teachability. Okay. Proverbs 9, 9 says, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. I love that. When I came on staff, I was 22 years old. Pastor Craig and Pastor Jerry uh, used to say to me all the time, you're wise way beyond your years. Your wisdom is just unreal. It's crazy. And that never landed on me at 22. I was like, that doesn't make any sense because I believed wisdom to be like a, a thing where I would look at a set of circumstances and be able to figure a way out of it, right? And it was like, oh, that's wise. That's what you do. But literally all I did growing up from like 16 on is I would just, and even to the day, I would just look at people who were successful at a given thing, I asked a lot of questions, and then I did what they said. I would also have friends or other people in my life who really made a bad mistake. And guess what I would do? I'd ask them a lot of questions, find out what they did, 
and not do what they did. When they told me that trail went off a cliff, I just believed them. And I'm like, well, I don't need to walk it. I'm fine. And I realized years and years later that that actually is wisdom. When you can remain teachable and understand from other people. I've been married for 27 years and it would be foolish for me to think I've learned everything I need to know. I got it all. After I jacked that hot tub bed up, I've been great ever since. <laughs> I've been a parent for 22 years. I've got six children from 22 to five. And that is a big spread. And as much as their ages are varied, so are their talents, gifts, and personalities. But it would be silly for me to think I can't learn something from a parent of one child that's two years old. I've been a pastor for 25 years at a very powerful move of God known as Life Church. And I've seen a lot, been through a lot. But it would be insane for me to think that I couldn't learn from an intern that's been here for three months because I couldn't have gotten here if I wouldn't have been faithful there and learned along the way. How, though, does teachability take you out? I'm going to make it very practical for you, okay? Let me explain. When you decide that you know everything about a given topic and nobody can teach you, pride enters into your head. You don't listen. The Bible has a little scripture for that in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, if you think you're standing strong, oh, you better be careful not to fall. Again, in Proverbs, we see that pride comes before a fall. Here's the problem. When, you don't become, when you're no longer teachable and you won't listen, you become prideful. You fall, and that fall in your mind will disqualify you from whatever. Because you don't have the grace. You won't let God's grace be sufficient for you. You lack the resilience you didn't have the integrity, you didn't have the teachability, and now you're taken out. That's how not being teachable becomes a problem. So what do we do? To combat that, we always stay in a, pos in a posture of learning from other people, asking questions, and being humble in heart. Does faithfulness compound? The answer is yes. Sure it does. Because you know something? My voice is different today at 47 with 25 years of ministry experience than it was at 22 with one year. I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. But I'm still here. And that faithfulness compounds over time. And it does the same thing in your life when you have the grit not to quit. You got to have grace. Grace for yourself. Letting God's grace be sufficient. You gotta have resilience. You gotta have integrity and always be teachable. When I was in college, we had a man who worked in the cafeteria. But not just any position, he was at the chef station in the cafeteria. His name was Leon. And every day, every day, Leon would be there at the chef station serving up omelets to the student body. And then at lunch, he was always serving up burgers or turkey or whatever he had. And there was always the same thing that would happen when you went to go see Leon. If you were a guy and you walked in, one of two things, you were a turkey or a pig. 
one of the two. If you were a girl, no matter what happened, you was a pretty girl. Illustrating, it would go like this. I would walk in, Leon, how are we doing today? Oh, Sam, there he is. How you doing? I'm like, I'm good, Leon. I just need one omelet today. Oh, one omelet for the turkey right here. Here we go. Or if I came in at lunch and I wanted two burgers, this is how it would go. Leon, I need two burgers. Two? Oh, there's a pig right there. You need two burgers. And I, my wife could be, well, my fiance at the time, now my wife, she could be right behind me in line. She could order 10 burgers. It wouldn't matter. Leon would be like, oh, the pretty girl, she hungry today. She needs more burgers. He'd give her burgers. And I'm like, Leon, I ordered two. She got like three. Yeah, but you the pig. She the pretty girl. That's right. Every day, every day, every student, same conversation over and over and over again. And you would see people who maybe they sucked on their midterms and they're like, oh, no, this is terrible. Maybe they had a bad day. But when Leon encountered them and he goes, there he is right there. They had a pig. You'd have a big smile on your face and one omelet at a time, that man wedged his ways into the heart of the student body. My senior year, second semester, I had finished my basketball career. I was only two weeks from graduation. And at the university I was at, we always had chapel. And uh, at chapel, at university, over the course of four years, uh, I had seen celebrities come up and receive awards. I had seen state and federal politicians come through and receive things. I had seen foreign dignitaries come to the university and receive achievement awards and all these different things. I had seen people who were really high up in the world of academia and had all sorts of regalia on when they came up and robes and things and triple doctorates from Oxford and all this stuff. And it was always really neat and cool as a student. You were like, wow, that person's accomplished a lot. And they would get their spiel and we would all clap for them. And it was cool. Second semester, senior year, two weeks from graduation, I'm in chapel again. And I'm really ready for chapel to be done. And the president of the university comes up near the end of chapel. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. And he's like, I know everybody's excited to be able to get out and you've got a lot of things going, but we do have one award we, wanted, we want to give today, and that is the Distinguished Staff Member Award for this year. And I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder which one of the professors, because they were all had great accolades and could have gotten it. I was thinking, I wonder which one's going to get it. I wonder if it's one I had. And the president says, this year's Distinguished Staff Member Award goes to Leon. When he said Leon, something I had never seen happened. The student body lost our ever-loving minds. We went crazy. We got up out of our seats. I started high-fiving people around me. I'm like, are you kidding? It's Leon. We were screaming so loud. It didn't matter what the president was saying anymore on the PA. You couldn't hear him. It was, we start chanting, Leon, 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 Leon. We're in the aisles. It had become pandemonium in there. And I could see Leon who looked to be next to his wife and maybe his kids and then grandkids at the time. And I could see them wiping tears away as they began to have the realization that a very simple, but very faithful man 
had such a tremendous impact on the entire student body. One omelet at a time. He was faithful in the little things and it became a really big thing. So for you, whatever your journey is that God has you on, don't quit. Find grit inside of you. The grace, for God's grace to be sufficient for you. For you to have resilience. Be a person of integrity. And always be teachable. Then I pray for you that you get something far greater than your name being chanted by a crowd. I pray that you get the greatest gift, which would be a hug from Jesus when you come into heaven and he looks at you and he says, well done, my good and my faithful servant. Let's pray. Today, maybe you're listening to this message. You know what? You're, you're on that journey and you feel like you might just want to give up, but you want God's grace. You want to have resilience. You want to be a person of continued integrity. And you want to be teachable on this journey. Man, if that's you, I'd be honored to be able to pray for you all across at all of our locations, at Church Online and YouTube. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I'd be honored to pray for us. Yeah, there's hands going up all over the room. Lord Jesus, I just pray that your grace would truly be sufficient for us, that we would allow it to be. We already know that it is, but allow us to believe it to be. I pray that you would give us resilience in those moments where we come up against obstacles. I pray we would always have a heart of integrity. And I pray our spirit would always be teachable. No matter how far we've come, we would always understand we have so much more to learn. And we would be humble in heart. Still praying today. There's others of you who, I want to tell you that the greatest story of all time of grit is the story of Jesus. And why is that? Well, you see, the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the standard. And that sin that the Bible calls it separates us from God and destines us to a very real place called hell for eternity. But God, but God, wasn't okay with that. You see, God sent his only son, Jesus, so that who would so ever believe in him could not perish but have eternal life, be made new, be made right, be forgiven. But it wasn't an easy road for Jesus. You see, even before, right before, the night before, he was to be crucified. He was so overcome with the idea that I just want to quit that he says Father if there's any other way please take this cup from me but not my will be done but yours and he had the grit to go to the cross and to die a death on our behalf you have the sinless Jesus dying in our place to make a way for us to be made right, to be forgiven. Why did Jesus have such grit? 
Well, because he's thinking about you. He was thinking about me. And he wanted us to be able to have a way to be made right, to be forgiven. So what do we have to do? All the Bible says you have to do is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you will be forgiven. You will be made new. You'll be, your sins will be wiped clean. And guess what else? Even better, even with that, you get a new sense of purpose, a new sense of direction for your life because you are now living from forgiveness. And Jesus has made that way for you today. There are those of you who, that's why God has brought you here. For his grace to truly be sufficient for you. To know that no matter what you've done, his grace is sufficient. And all you have to do is to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. For those of you who say, yes, that is why I'm here. To say yes to a relationship with Christ. To be made new. To be forgiven. And to have a brand new sense of who I'm supposed to be. If that's you today, to say yes to a relationship with Jesus at all of our locations. Just lift your hand up right now and say yes to a relationship with Christ. Say, yes, that is me. Those of you, yes, back over here to my left, coming into a relationship with Christ. Others of you who would say, yes, that coming into a relationship with Christ. Those of you at Church Online, just type in the chat, I'm giving my life to Christ, and we're going to pray together a prayer that truly transforms. We do not pray this prayer alone. We all lift our voices together. Would you just repeat this prayer with those making this decision today? Pray after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and make me new. I give you my life. I give you everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Could we give it up for God's work today here at Life Church? Amazing stuff. Did this message on healthy habits speak to you? Well, we've got even more videos ready for you right now. Click here to access more content on habits.